You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. Don't stop moving to the track by track beat. And on the turntable this week, we have got Sunshine by S Club 7. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm glad you'll happily do happily, that. Happily, more than. Um, but this is the first time we've talked about S Club 7 on Track by Track? It is. Well, of course, we've talked about a member. We've talked about, well, not a member, not a male member. <laughs> a man's <laughs> member. <laughs> uh, we have talked about Rachel Stevens' second album, uh, second and final album today, Come and Get It. Um, but yes, first time talking about them as a collective in, what, two and a half years. And I was just looking, Will, actually, this is our sixth uh, episode in a row where we're talking about someone for the first time. So uh, don't worry, who people who love to hear us talking about the same old thing in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing that again. So that does mean, Will, that you do have to introduce them. Who the hell are S Club 7? So S Club 7 were formed in 1998 uh, by Simon Fuller uh, and they've gone on to have uh, many, many hits, million selling albums all over the world, TV series, a film and a couple of solo careers. And Will, were you a big fan of S Club 7? I was was a really big fan of S Club 7 because at the time for me they brought some fun some you know uh, just a group like a real gang a group of friends having a great time traveling across america and having a great laugh in their tv show releasing brilliant fun pop songs and just all over your saturday morning telly and your ma and your teen mags at the time just generally making the world a more positive place yeah very positive very upbeat very poppy and yes as you said they weren't just a band they were like the monkeys before them or north and south they were also tv stars north and south dan just i was a big fan of north and south uh, not the first time i've said that and will i always thought that s club seven of course they were around at the same time as steps and we've talked about steps a fair few times on track by track we've done steptacular we've done buzz we did what the future holds with steps at the end of last year and i kind of felt there was not a rivalry as such but they were both big pop acts uh, with boys and girls in the band putting out these huge tracks and uh, and we'll talk about this a bit more later but s club seven they were getting the number ones they were hitting the top of the chart uh, and steps not so much so it's quite interesting how it's turned out isn't it because of course steps now as we said massive album last year doing really well and s club are still going but not with all seven members at the moment now how many are there at the moment uh two well you've got uh, Tina and Bradley, uh, because Joe was left to work on some new uh, solo material with friends of the podcast, um, Metrophonic. Um, so in place of Joe uh, and needing someone who can sing, they've got Amelia Lily. <laughs> oh, good choice, actually. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they did get back together, didn't they, as as the full uh, seven members in, I think, was it 2014 or round about then? They did Children in Need, did a wonderful medley, uh, and then they did a tour and, and re-released the, the best of, and that was it. So kind of unlike Steps, really, you know, having a second career, a, a second wind 
it was very much just uh, <laughs> grab some cash. <laughs> and, you know, and, and of course, these were the these were the top dogs doing it, I suppose, in the same way that for girl bands you had at the time, you had Spice Girls and All Saints. And then you had everyone else trying to kind of clamber to get in the charts and get be part of this. When you had Steps and S Club, you had Boom, you had um, Scooch. All Stars. All Star, of course, All Stars, yeah. Who had the TV show as well, Star Street. Great knowledge, Dan. Just very, do admire your knowledge. Thank you, lovey. On some things. <laughs> but today it's all about S Club 7 and Sunshine. Well, um, you didn't mention S Club 8 there, or S Club <gasps> Juniors either. How could I not? And they do need to be on the long list. Mm-hmm. So the album we're talking about today is Sunshine, which was the third studio album uh, by S Club 7 and was released in November 2001. Uh, we're going to talk about the album in, in more detail coming up, because otherwise, why would we be here? So, but this is, don't forget, the album that includes Don't Stop Moving. And Will, very good point, actually, because we're talking about the album this week, and we're a little bit late to this one. On Friday, just gone, Don't Stop Moving turned 20 years old. So we're a bit late to the S Club party with this. We are fashionably late. So, shall we get stuck into Sunshine? Let's get stuck in side one, track one. Well, we're starting with the track, Dan. This is Don't Stop Moving. So don't stop moving there. Dan, was this a number one? This was a number one and it has a really interesting chart history as well. So this peaked at number one for one week and then it was knocked off the top spot by Jerry Hallowell's cover of It's Raining Men, which was number one for two weeks. But then this went back to number one afterwards. And I just love that because at this time in the charts, that didn't really happen, did it? If you were you went in at number one and then you fell down the charts and that's the way it was. So the the, the strength of this song, and I think as well, it, it maybe took people by surprise because it was a new sound, it was a more mature sound. And I think people who weren't S Club or S Club 7 fans before, maybe then went out and thought, actually, no, I am going to get this on CD single. And hence, back to number one. Oh, it's funny you should say that, Dan, because this is actually uh, in Q's Guilty Pleasures uh chart favorite songs favorite guilty pleasures chart back in 2006 so actually it was a lot more popular than maybe some of their other stuff and it is a disco disco classic a new a new disco classic but will how do we feel about that guilty pleasures thing no, because one of the mantras of Track by Track, we've got quite a few to be fair, but one of the mantras of Track <laughs> by Track is no music should be a guilty pleasure. No, I, I mean, yes. Um, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> my guilty pleasure is just uh, disagreeing with you. Uh, my guilty pleasure is uh, having Ben and Jerry's ice cream with uh, dipping Twixes into it as like a, uh, as a spoon. Ooh. You have to melt it a bit first, then. Well, the ice cream, yeah, but then scooping it up with a Twix. 
Oh, heaven. I don't know if you're joking or not, but that sounds absolutely amazing. And both fingers. Uh, the single artwork for this is very chic. Uh, and it's got a real kind of 80s vibe to it because they're all perched on the back of a convertible with a sunset behind them. And I have to say, love them both. But Hannah and John look like they could be twins because they both got exactly the same dress sense and exactly the same hairstyle. Yeah. And at the time... Paul and Hannah were an item, weren't they? So I wonder if there was ever any, um, you know... Hilarious mix-ups. Yes. I mean, it might have happened on the... No, it probably didn't happen on the programme. It's probably a bit old for the audience, wasn't it? But that would be a real hoot. Oh, yeah. Bedtime. Someone grabbed something and they started, so they might as well just finish and then forget about (laughs) it in the morning sort of thing. Is that what you were thinking? Mm. Yeah. Not not that far, really. So this (laughs) was... uh, not only was it a guilty pleasure, according to Q, this was a huge a hit, but also this was uh, this won the Brit Award for Best Single in 2002, and it also got Record of the Year in 2001. So huge accolades for this one. On songwriting on this one, Will, because as you can imagine from a pop album of this time, there are lots of different songwriters and producers. This one, all seven members of the band uh, as co-writers on this one, along with Simon Ellis, who we've talked about before, a massive uh, producer and musical director. Uh, He worked on tours from the likes of Spice Girls and, uh, need I say any more, Spice Girls. Also, Shepard Solomon, who has worked with Aurora, not the one from a few weeks ago, Will, Aurora the 90s dancer. Oh, that's more like it, yeah. Uh, And Natalie Imbruglia as well. But I bet Simon and Shepard are absolutely livid that all seven members of S Club are getting some of the money for this one because, of course, as we said, it was a huge hit. Uh, and probably, I'd, I'd hesitate to guess, their biggest selling track ever. And Dan, Simon Shepard is also a very well-known actor, famous for peak practice. Oh, thank you for that irrelevant piece of information, Bill. <laughs> Before we move on from this one, because I realise we've gabbed on a lot, but actually it will balance out because there's not much to say about some of the other album tracks. <laughs> Uh, this one has been covered by the likes of the beautiful south uh, and also star sailor did it in the live lounge and there are some great remixes one by jewels and stone and one will i know you are a fan of these pants and corset (laughs) who we might be hearing from a bit later (laughs) we might be seeing from on our instagram (laughs) stories (laughs) Very silly, this episode. Uh, Not only did this get to number one in the UK, it also got to number one in uh, many other countries and top 10 in many other countries as well and sold uh, 800,000 copies plus in the UK. So kitching for all seven members there. Good for them, actually. You've got to get the money where you can. Track number two now. Show me your colours.
So that was Show Me Your Colours. I planned that's a real change of pace quite quickly after that, the euphoria of the first track. Yeah, but I think uh, when it's done well, it works really well. And I love that here because I think, again, as I said before, with, with Don't Stop Moving, they were showcasing a bit more of a mature sound. And I think this continues that, uh, but in a slightly different genre. I wouldn't say so much mature. I would say it's a bit, for me, it's a bit sort of hearsay. I was thinking hearsay, actually. Yeah, I thought um, just something about the, the guitars on it and just the, the whole build of the track, how it goes to the chorus. Yeah, I thought that as well. I mean, I do like some of the production flourishes in there and some of the drums in there. But I do think for track two on a new album, it's a little bit lacklustre. See, it's funny how uh, things change over time because I remember when I had this album on CD, I was a massive fan of this song. But when I have been listening to it back these last few weeks, yeah, it doesn't really stand out. Um, but what does stand out on this one, I have to say, is it's a Rachel Stevens lead vocal, which is always lovely. I can hear Joe very much in there as well. But to be honest, she's say what you like about Joe O'Meara, but she's got an incredibly strong voice. Incredibly, yeah. I think, yeah, Joe and John on the backing vocals on this one uh, both sound wonderful. Uh, interestingly, talking about Rachel, this one was co-written and produced by David Erickson. He, we've mentioned him. He worked with Rachel Stevens on some of her solo stuff and also worked with The Saturdays, of course, featuring some members of S Club Juniors slash 8. Ah, keep it in the family. And Will, this one had, uh, there was a video shot for this one during their Hollywood 7 filming and it was there were rumors that this might be a single from the campaign so are you glad this wasn't a single then yeah i just don't it's just not very exciting is it It doesn't really go anywhere and i mean it's fine for an album track but i wouldn't have said at all to be a single having said that though will lyrically lyrically does make me think about how you have shown me your true colors on a few occasions and i have to say quite worrying and quite terrifying Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Message received there by the sounds of it. It's your birthday coming up and I have got you, uh, spoiling it now, but I have got you uh, vouchers for a therapist. Oh, I wanted uh, vouchers for uh, Dunelm, actually, because we were just in a new house. So you can't, you can't refund vouchers for cash, can you? They don't let you do that. No, but I bet if you get on uh, Facebook and one of the local groups for buying and selling, I bet you'll be able to get something on there for them. Do you know what? We've got two around here and it is buying and selling. It's relentless for old toot that people are trying mm. to offload. And there's just no community spirit about it. It's all like anyone want this stuff or do you want to buy this stuff? But that's funny, though, because I remember you saying that you did put a post out because you were looking for someone to offload on you. So was that a different... Uh, that was quite a different uh, experience. And uh, he certainly showed you his colours. Track number three now. And well, this is you. Loving you is beautiful, and you're so irresistible. So don't 
So, Will, that is you there. The third and final single released from this album. Worth pointing out, Will, I remember when this was released thinking, I don't know if I'd have chosen that for a single. It's very, you know, after Don't Stop Moving and then Have You Ever, which we'll come on to talk about, feels a little bit cheesy, a little bit more poppy. And only a couple of years ago, Paul was interviewed and he said that the whole band didn't want this released as the single. They felt it was a step backwards, but the record company had the final word. So, Will, what do you think of this as a single, not as an album track as such, as a single? I don't think it's a great single, but when you look at what else was available on this album to release as a single, not really, (laughs) not really pushed, were they? Hmm. You might be right there. It certainly sounds different listening back to when I uh, was listening to it 20 years ago. I mean, there's some lovely wind work in there. Uh, and, I mean, it's got a nice melody to it. And it is reasonably memorable as well. But I just, just it just doesn't feel... When you think about Don't Stop Moving as the lead single and how huge and banging that is, nothing on this album comes close to it. Oh, now I might disagree with you there, Will. I think there are... Nothing better is Don't Stop Moving. I have to say that the album starts at the peak for me. But I think there are some things up, uh, coming up that are bops. So we'll we'll argue that out later. We'll have a mass debate between ourselves uh, about some of those tracks. Yeah, and really, and really hammer things out. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? This should probably be more of a video episode so people can see us really getting to grips. Really getting into the, the nub of the matter. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have to say, I don't dislike the song. I'm just not sure it was as strong as the singles. It's such a fun sound. It's obviously very 50s or 60s influenced. Um, and it it was a hit, Will. It, this was a number two hit when it was released. Do you want to... I've, I've, done, I've done a bit of looking at Will. Do you want to hesitate to guess who, who kept him off the top spot? Uh, Blue. No. It was Hero by Enrique Iglesias. And of course, that was number one for a fair few weeks, wasn't it? I love that moment just then when you realised I was never going to get it. So you just decided to say. <laughs> We're not gonna, I'm not here for guessing games. But because that's one of those songs that was number one for weeks, it does make me think it would have been weird, actually, if that song hadn't been released or if it had been released a bit later. This could have been a number one. And I kind of... I'm almost glad it wasn't because it doesn't, I don't think it deserves to be a number one, this one. It doesn't deserve to be a number one. I'm surprised it got to number two. To be honest, it feels like a top eight hit. Well, it's funny you should say that, Will, because looking at the top eight of that week, Enrique was number one, S Club were number two. There was another new entry from DB Boulevard. They had the second highest new entry with another point of view. Uh, and number three, which we hinted recently on the, let's say recently, months ago now on the Pet Shop Boys <laughs> episode. But within the top eight at number seven, it was a brand new entry for Victoria Beckham with a mind of its own. Oh, and to be honest, that does feel like more of a top 12 hit than a top eight <laughs> hit. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that blows my mind about the, not actually the song, do you remember the video for this one? I think they're in a yeah, diner or something it was, like that. It was very like in period, wasn't it? The video was directed by Julian Temple, whose previous work includes Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen. And he also did an iconic film about Glastonbury Festival. 
And I just can't work out how he then went on to do You by S Club 7. It's not so much of a jump. It's more of a uh, <laughs> free fall parachute. Barry from EastEnders <laughs> fall off a cliff. Oh, so let's move on now to track number four. Dan, get the tissues ready. Charity Wankathon. <laughs> Have you ever? So that was Have You Ever, and Dan, that's absolutely beautiful. It is stunning. I think when, you know, S Club 7 did incredible bops, as we've talked about, but they did some really stunning ballads as well. And of course, this one, their second consecutive Children in Need single. Uh, Yeah, and an absolute beautiful song. And this was a Children in Need song. Literally just said that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you talk, I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next. That's a terrible way to have a conversation, Will. I'm going to have to train you up. Oh, you look sad. It was a joke, lovey. It's only joking. <laughs> you say it to me now. No, you shout at me now. You shout at me now. I can't. <laughs> oh, because you've got respect for me. Oh, no. God, no. Um, (laughs) And there's someone very special on the co-write of this track, Dan. Pray tell, Will. Uh, HRH, Kathy Dennis. We have talked about Kathy Dennis as a songwriter a lot on this podcast. Why haven't we done one of her albums yet? Well, I don't know, because I've been badgering you for ages. And one of my favourite things of a couple of years ago was when I saw her perform at the Mighty Hoopla, where she hadn't performed her own songs and some of the songs that she's written for other people live. And it was fantastic, wasn't it? No, you weren't there. I was I was at Mighty Hoopla. I don't know who I was seeing instead. Um, and having... Do you know what? I thought she would just do her solo stuff. And to be honest, I don't know any of her solo stuff. So had no intention of going. And then when I saw the set list afterwards, I was furious, Will. And do you know what? It was brilliant, but I was absolutely leathered. Oh, lovely. My, yeah, my lasting memory of my Tupla from two years ago is seeing Bananarama towards the end of the day and being absolutely... I was stumbling all over the place but I was having the time of my life. I remember we were both there. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Mm, lovely. And as with the Glastonbury performance, we were literally the only people there that were singing along to anything from the fir- the most recent album. The wonderful most recent album, In Stereo. As well as Kathy Lovey, you've got Chris Braid on there. Uh, he is a long-term SIA collaborator and also Andrew Frampton. This got to number one in the UK singles chart. Charity single, so for a great cause, actually, as well. But this is one of these, this is the sort of track that S Club 7 do so well, isn't it? This kind of ballad led by Joe. Yeah, Joe, let's be honest, Joe was there. Would you say Joe was there, Claire? Joe was there, Claire. 
Um, and I always find it really interesting because we talked before about the sort of comparison between Steps and S Club 7. Um, as we said, this was a number one. It was their second Children in Need number one. It was their uh, it was their third of three consecutive number ones. And Steps, uh, throughout their career, they've only had two number ones. I, I always thought it was quite strange. Why were S Club 7 songs better or did they just were they more of the time i don't really know what is there an answer will there isn't an answer because it's very subjective and i think we would know a lot of people uh in real life and on social media that would happily argue the toss all day and i think actually will might be quite interesting to put it out there on the socials uh, a bit of a poll s club seven or steps i think now i think back then s club might have had a chance i think now steps would whoop their asses. Well, yeah, because they're still here. They're still going. They're still releasing new music. And that last album, Dan, was phenomenal. And they've gone on not only to continue releasing singles and great remixes, but then we've had the uh, collaboration with the lovely Michelle Visage as well. And fingers crossed the tour later this year, which I think we are going to have one of the best nights of our lives there. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I might be busy that night. Ah, I've arranged for a secret hookup with Lisa Scott Lee. Platonic <laughs> hookup. I should be very clear about that. And we should mention as well that when they performed this on Children in Need, it was also uh, the first appearance of S Club Juniors, who they were joined by. Oh, I didn't know that. That's lovely. When you just hear the opening, the opening of this song, I think they used it for when they were kind of showing one of the sad films on uh, Children in Need. And it does, for me, that that, that song... More than probably more than any other children need single just makes me think of children need brings back memories of Terry Wogan, Gabby Roslin, the good old days. Pudsy Bear. Oh, lovely Pudsy with his gippy eye. <laughs> uh, also, we'll have to say about this one because it was a number one, but also it stayed inside the top 10 for seven weeks. And again, back during these times when songs were in and out of the charts, a real phenomenon. As far as the top 10 is concerned, we do like something that stays inside for a long time after it had hit the, hit the spot, hit the top spot. Track number five now, and this is Good Times. We all need a change once in a while. It's time to make a change. The time to make a change is right now. Dan, did you have a good time listening to that track? Not overly well. I had no. a sort of okay. It wasn't a, a good time like a big birthday bash, was it? It was more of a, uh, a drab beige buffet. Oh, God. Well, you've got volivants that are slightly scorched. You've got quiche mm. that's not that's, uh, set a bit too much. Sausage rolls that are still slightly frozen. Uh, mini scotch eggs cut in half. Picnic eggs. Also, you know me with my quiche. I like it a little bit runny in the middle. And still slightly warm as well. But this song is uh, its a good album track. Um, and I'm gonna, probably going to say that a lot over the next few tracks. But it's a good album track. It's very middle of the road, isn't it? It almost wants... Very middle of the road. It almost wants to be something like Stop, but doesn't quite get there. 
Stop? What, by Spice Girls? Yeah. Oh, I, I just think it's even more middle of the road than that. I Honestly, I, I know you've said it's a good album track and we'll say that a lot. For me, this is one of the least good album tracks. What's, it's, it's a bad worst. album track. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the worst. That's I think is what better. you mean. Because, yeah, it just, it doesn't really go anywhere. Of course, like, I think what's great about this album is they've all got their time to shine uh, as a as a solo singer. This is Paul's moment. But I just don't think, I mean, also, lyrically, I think the song's a bit awful. There's that line about... Uh, lyrically, sorry, missed it. Yeah, I, no, I didn't give you a chance. Uh, the boss breathing down your neck. I've just got this vision of this quite sweaty, hefty man breathing down my neck. Uh, oh, <laughs> absolutely lovely. Uh, then he's talking about a pamphlet being on your desk. I mean, who who's putting pamphlets into pop song lyrics? It's ridiculous. I'll <laughs> tell you who will. I'll tell you who is. We've got Eddie of Charles and Eddie fame and John Themis, uh, who has collaborated with Boy George and Culture Club over the years. What a strange collaboration, but it does sound a bit like a Charles and Eddie track in its kind of middle of the road stylings. Mm. But yeah, for me, this has always been, uh, I probably used to skip it actually well, on the CD. Well, let's skip on then, shall we? Let's with track number six, and this is Boy Like You. It's fun spending hard cash, but it's over in a flash. What you need is someone like Goodness, after good times, this comes back with a really fun, bouncy chorus in it. Yeah, thank good. Kathy Dennis is back and praise be because this is a wonderful track. I, I said as soon as it started, I said to you, I just love the introduction of this song. It kind of brings dramatics to it in a way. You can almost, it almost feels like it was written to be performed live and have the kind of the lights come down and Rachel again on lead vocals doing something quite sultry. Um, and I feel like it's got some 90s R&B influences on this one. I kind of think, could this have been a, a Louise solo single, maybe, or an Eternal track? Yeah, fair point, Dan. I think it is very of its time, isn't it? But I think what lifts it is just the female vocals on the chorus. And you can tell Kathy Dennis has been responsible for this because she's got a brilliant ear for a great pop song, hasn't she? Yeah, and she's a wonderful lyricist. And there's no... No talk here about the boss breathing down your neck or the pamphlet on the desk. It's just picking cherries off trees and things like that. Will, are you a fan of taking cherries? I adore it. Just the opportunity to just to pluck something fresh. Uh, absolutely delicious. And again, Will, I think this is one of the ones, like Show Me Your Colours, maybe it's because I liked Rachel's vocal. I played this one a lot on the CD. So next track, we're on to track number seven. I can see you looking at me, Dan, because you know I got it wrong the first time. I was uh, scowling at you, actually. Uh, it's track seven, title track, Sunshine.
So, Sunshine there, as you said, will title track. This is John's solo, and John, of course, went on to be a bit of a star of the stage. Um, I saw him recently, Will, uh, but not in real life recently, on the 25th anniversary of Les Mis at the O2. He was in the cast of that. Uh, but more recently than that, in real life, he was on Celebs, Celebs Go Dating, I think, or something like that. Did you see oh, it? Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Was he? Did he get a date? I don't know. I just read about it on Twitter or something. Apparently, if you can make him laugh, then you're in with the chance. Well, Dan, I think you're, you won't be in with the chance. <laughs> uh, also, uh, I remember he was in A Midsummer Night's Dream and his bottom was breathtaking. <laughs> uh, this is a, a lovely album track. I think it's great to hear John uh, showcasing his vocals because he's a great singer. He's a very good singer, yeah, you know, hence some of these fantastic roles in Les Mis and so many other shows as well. But it definitely is going for more of that middle-of-the-road sound again, isn't it? It's a little bit too middle-of-the-road for me and not enough not enough bangers. Yeah, I feel like they were, they wanted to be more mature and in some ways they've done that, but it, it was better when they're more mature with a bit of a beat. But what I found really interesting about this one is that, again, this was written by all seven members of the band, along with Kathy Dennis again. I, does, it doesn't feel or sound to me like a Kathy Dennis track. No, it doesn't at all. It doesn't sound good enough to be a Kathy Dennis track, <laughs> is I guess what we're dancing around. Don't let to hear you saying that. But also on this one, Yak Bondi, who I don't think we've talked about before. Uh, Yak has worked with Billy before she was Billy Piper. With because Amy he wanted Stutt, to. Because he wanted to. Uh, and also worked on Rachel Stevens' Funky Dory. Now, Will, of course, we've done Come and Get It. Are we going to do Funky Dory one day? If we get really desperate. <laughs> wow. Track eight. Uh, uh, and let's stand up because it's time to dance, dance, dance. dance there and before we even get stuck into the performance of the track Kathy is back with a bop this time and also on uh, co-writing and production she's joined by Jules and Stone of course the legendary Jules and Stone uh, if you don't know them they they created the pop idol and, and also it's the same the American Idol uh, theme music but also remixed for huge pop songs in the early noughties. For example, Sophie Ellis-Bex's Murder on the Dance Floor, Club 7's Don't Stop Moving. And I've read as well, well, they did a remix, a Jewels and Stone remix of Boyzone's No Matter What. What? Have you heard that one? What? No, but they are, as well as remixes, they are great pop producers of original pop songs as well. And I think them with Kathy, Kathy Love together... This is finally another song as a worthy successor to Don't Stop Moving. And, you know, it's got very much the same sensibilities. A spiritual successor, I think, would probably be the right phrase to it. Because it's another great disco banger. 
Yeah, I completely. Yeah, it's got the strings. It's got the vocoder. I I do feel like this is kind of this falls in between "Don't Stop Moving" and "Alive," the lead track from uh, "Scene Double," which was another kind of disco tinged pop mm. bop. Um, but of course, it's Hannah on solo on this one and sounding great. Uh, this could have been a single. This could have been a big single. Yeah, I agree. Um, but interestingly, and we'll come on to talk about it shortly, there is another big pop bop on this one that was almost a single, but it wasn't this one. But I think it could have been this one. But worth noting, again, talking about the Seeing Double album, Hannah did get some good tracks for solo tracks because she got this. And then she got Hey Kitty Kitty from Seeing Double, which I thought was a great song until seeing that episode. I don't know if you saw it, Will. Naked Attraction an older lady, a churchgoer, um, a twin, I think, she referred to her parts as uh, a, a pussy or a kitty, um, which I do believe is um, a unisex term as well. For It could be, it could be pussy or kitty. Um, but ever since then, I've not been able to listen to that song. I prefer calling it a vestry or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't imagine Hannah from S Club 7 singing about your... Vestry. <laughs> track number nine now. Uh, this is not a cover of the brilliant Pet Shop Boys track. It is still, though, the same name. It's all right. Is it's all right. This is the second wind this album desperately needs. Uh, with dance, 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 and it's all right. Uh, this is a wonderful kind of breezy uh, uh, track, isn't it? Uh, great fun. A lot of fun. And Will, would you be surprised if I said that the team behind this one were the same team behind you? I don't mean that people stood behind you right now. Me? People, yes, men. <laughs> I mean the songwriters. <laughs> No, it does sound very similar, but it's better. Do you think? Yeah, totally better. Still works. This is the better song, guys. Interesting. What I like about this one compared to you is I think there's more uh, sort of more sharing of the vocals between the band. I think it's always it's always nice in a group situation for everyone to get to have a go. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when there's seven people that want a a a, a fair a fair a fair uh, fair crack <laughs> for a, a fair go at the crack, yes, or cracks plural. Well, whatever's whatever's available, uh, but yeah, I think this album was in dire danger of petering out very early on, but with the last track and this track, it's definitely been lifted. So, Dan, would you say that you don't think this is as good as you? Me personally, or... No, oh God, this is a minefield, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think I, I think I prefer you. I think you was, you was the right one to go for a single as rather than it's all right. No, I don't mean you is... I don't think you's all right. I mean, 
Anyway, we should probably just draw a line under the whole you business. Me? What business? <laughs> no, it's all right. No, going back to it, it's all right. Um, no, you. Oh, anyway, we're, we're getting ourselves in a real confuddlement here. All I would say is I love the 50s and 60s influences that are there again. And I think generally a song with do-do-do's or do-do-do-do-be-do-be-do-ah. Mm. It's going to be pretty catchy. But it made me think, are these here? Did they time travel in their series? Is that why there's so many kind of 50s, 60s sounds? Or is it just coincidence? I can't remember now, but we will have remembered by the time this episode goes out. Because we'll time travel ourselves. Track number 10 now, and this is Stronger. So stronger there and another absolute dance pop triumph. Again, you've got all seven members of the band co-writing this one, as well as Simon Ellis and Jules and Stone. So a real collaboration of some of the big names on this album. And it works, doesn't it, Will? It really does. This is my favourite track on the album, I think. Wow. It's disco. It's got a great dance beat to it. And I love the chorus. It's so empowering, isn't it? Uh, and we were just... Uh, even though we probably haven't listened to this album repeatedly or this track repeatedly over the last years, we can still remember the chorus and just bouncing along to it was incredible. And I seem to remember when I used to listen to this album, I used to, I'm sure I used to think it's a great song, but the chorus is a bit weak. But uh, I was young and I was naive and looking back or listening to it now, you know, it's sometimes the simple choruses are the best. And on this case, uh, that really is it. And apparently, Will, we mentioned, kind of hinted at it before with Dance, 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 but apparently this was scheduled to be the next single after you. But because oh. of because of Paul leaving the band, they decided it was best to not release something else on this album and go and work on the next album. So I, I think Tina would have been absolutely livid about that. Yeah, and she wouldn't have held back in sharing her opinions with the record company either. And I think actually the right back at your lads, uh, friends of the podcast and incredible podcasters themselves, they chatted to Tina recently. I think they spoke a bit about this song as well. So do check out that episode. And all their episodes. Absolutely. Um, But there's a great line in this one, come and skydive into my life. Uh, As I said, it was written by the band as well. I'd love to know which S-Clubber came up with that line so if you are listening do please let us know at track by track uk and dan didn't you meet your last partner because you crashed into them after doing a charity skydive well yeah we did uh we did a skydive separately but at the same time from the same plane and we met in the air as we were falling and it really was love at first sight i have to say i've never had a connection like that with someone before uh, but sadly, their parachute wasn't packed properly. So they they didn't make it. Well, they died. Yeah. Oh, what could have been? I know. But you know what? You move on, don't you? 
But at least you came together once. That's lovely. <laughs> Track number 11 now, and this is something that we're all yearning for at this point uh, in the pandemic, in the 2021 year. Summertime feeling. Close your eyes and let the day go past Feeling the sun and the breeze in your hair Let the waves take away your cares I'm feeling good today I just want to listen what the flowers say See if the cool wind carries my dreams Watch you playing in the sunbeams Summertime feeling now, and it's Paul's turn in the sun again, isn't it? It's Paul's turn, and also he is the sole S Club co-writer on this song as well, which is interesting because that means he's had two solo songs. Of course, he left after this album, so maybe he was just really pushing for uh, yeah, for more vocals, and then it kind of even getting two on this album wasn't enough for him. But actually, I think it's a really great song. It is, although it does remind me of "Steal My Sunshine" by Len. It definitely sounds a bit like that. And also it samples Fleetwood Macs everywhere. So it has kind of got that, just lend Steal My Sunshine sample everywhere or uh, kind of rip it off in a way. Of, I, I don't know, but it's definitely got that classic sound. And it does feel like a classic summer song, doesn't it? Yes, and... There was a video made for this one. I don't think it, I don't know if it was intended for a single, but there's a video made around the time they were filming what Hollywood Seven or Skegness Seven or whatever they were doing at the time. They've made a video of this one. But also, I'd love when S Club name check themselves. Of course, with S Club Party, the single, but they sing about a summertime feeling and an S Club feeling. And well, have you got the S Club feeling? Listen to this one. I haven't. I just want it to be summertime, to enjoy being outside, having ice creams, uh, playing around with a hose, uh, <laughs> dowsing a few people uh, and yeah, just having a great time in the sun. Pretending you've got a blockage at the end of your hose and then getting a specialist to come and look at it. Oh, <laughs> and then spraying in their face when they do. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Lots Classic. of fun to be had in the garden. Uh, well, yeah. Will, it is. It's the last week of April, so uh, it's getting hot. And I'm not saying that to remind you that because at the time of recording, it's much earlier than that. But I'm just saying, how warm is it right now? Well, that's a, a rhetorical question at the moment. And on to track 12 now. Dan, this is what you said uh, when you had that repeated prank heavy breather call you up on your landline every night. My boss. <laughs> I will find you. And I will kill you. So that was I Will Find You. And what a great time to talk about a fantastic album artwork. This week, uh, Sunshine of S Club 7. There's not actually any sunshine in the, the album cover. It's more setting. 
And you've got the seven members of S Club 7 there. They're all smiles uh, in kind of red and blue combinations. Uh, they are, they're looking lovely, actually. And they, yeah. I have to say, uh, it's uh, a, a lovely picture. And uh, John's got a couple of blonde crackers on either arm. And, you know, sometimes will we talk about an album artwork being a piece of art that you could hang on your wall with pride. <laughs> but it's not the case this week, is no. it? <laughs> it's an album cover. It's It's got the seven people. It says S Club 7 and it says Sunshine. It's fine. It does the job. It does. Yeah, it does what it's supposed to do. And also, Will, interesting that you did it on this song, I Will Find You. What is it that makes this your least favourite song? Or did you forget to mention it? earlier in the episode no it's just because (laughs) (laughs) it's a very middle of the road album track uh there are definitely a lot better tracks on this album and i think putting a song like this this late in the album is fatal for a peter out situation yeah i think it's a nice enough song it's bradley on lead vocals on this one he co-wrote it with uh yak bondi who we talked about earlier I mean, it is Bradley mainly, but you've got Joe on there as well. And quite interesting that you've got Joe and Bradley and then they are kind of the sole members who kept S Club 2 and 3 and 4 going on for years before the uh, the big reunion. And afterwards, I think, as well. Not the big reunion of the TV show, the big reunion of the band. But yeah, it's very simple. Looking here, looking there. Tell me who, tell me where. Um, too many questions. Back off. Also, I think worth noting that we are going to come on to talk about the last song on the album, next but i would argue that that shouldn't have been on this album and that and that this should be the last song on the album dan you're right this should be the last song on the album because the last track never had a great dream come true which is great another mm. children in need song uh, was released back in november 2000 and then was released on a reissue of the previous album seven but I guess they put it on here for anyone who didn't buy the reissue. So shall we hear a bit of it? Yeah, let's have a little bit of it. So track 13, never had a dream come true. So there we go. This was a big hit. Number one hit for S-Club 7. The Children in Need back in 2000. Never had a dream come true. Uh, and talks about uh, breakup. It's, I mean, it is, we said before with Have You Ever, they do these big stunning ballads so well. Uh, and this was kind of, of course, before this they had Two in a Million. And then this, I think, really just went to the next level. Again, it's Kathy Dennis with Simon Ellis on this one. I just, yeah, I just wouldn't, particularly have put it on the album that's all i'm saying and i actually prefer two in a million do you know what i think two in a million gets less sort of i don't know about air props. I don't know if any of them get air yeah. Pay, but yeah less props than either of these and yeah i think it is arguably the best so before we move into further listening just a word on the album performance uh for sunshine 
So this was a successful album, got to number three in the UK album chart, uh, which was obviously by far their biggest territory of success, but also did really well, reasonably well, across Europe. It received a mixed reception uh, from critics upon release, but was certainly one that continued the success of the group. Three albums in. Uh, And as we said before, the last album with seven members, but the following album, Seeing Double, did prove uh, fruitful as well. And that's lovely. So further listening, Dan, what are we doing? So we are... We were blessed with B-sides and cover versions and remixes and all sorts of things from Sunshine. So we're going to stick with this territory because I think, Will, we will come to the other albums as well at some point. Uh, so we don't want to spoil ourselves. And Will, I'd love to go first this week, if that's OK. Go on then. Go on then. Uh, and so and I'm quite excited because I know you're going to love this one. So I'm going for one of the B-sides from you. And it is the almighty remix of... Bring the house down. So the almighty remix of Bring the House Down, I chose that A, because it's a bop, but B, because I love the fact that this was released on the third single from the album, but actually the original song came from their last album, Seven, which in itself was a really kind of upbeat, fun pop song. And just to make an almighty remix of that, chef's kiss. Wonderful. Will, how was that for you? Well, obviously I enjoyed it. It was... uh like taking a huge sniff of some poppers and then dancing the night away on the dance floor at G-A-Y, wasn't it? But a classic almighty remix there, all the bells and whistles, super camp, super high energy, uh, but for a song that really demands a remix like that, actually. Definitely. And it does make me think, I wonder if Bring the House Down was meant to be a single because, of course, we've just mentioned that Never Had a Dream Come True wasn't initially on the seven album, but then was added to it afterwards. Maybe Bring the House Down was supposed to be a single before that and it all got shook up because actually on one of the editions of seven, it has got two in a million on there from the album before, but it's got the Boyfriends and Birthdays version. Now, Will, you have had a few of those, haven't you? Yes, and I've also had Deadlines and Diets as well. <laughs> and Catfights and Spotlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for my selection, Dan, I've gone with the Solar 8 mix remix of Stronger. So that was the Solar 8 remix of Stronger. That was from CD2 of the U single. I love, Will, that despite the fact that we slagged off the U single, we've both picked 
uh, B-sides from it as our further listening. So it was quite fruitful, if just not the lead song. No, I think this is a, just a great kind of stand, slightly house pop remix of this track. And this particular remix just gives me very strong memories of back in the day uh, to dancing to this song. Yeah, it's a great song on the album, but then this just sounds ready for the club. And will they'll be open again soon. And that'd be great for people that go to nightclubs. <laughs> Not for us. No. Uh, we're out of time. Well, it's bedtime on that note, I think, actually. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go on up now. Yeah, I'm going to take my cocoa up and uh, just get my head down. Well, before you do, Will, I would just love to ask the listeners to let us know what they thought to our Sunshine episode and to the Sunshine album and to S Club 7 in general at Track by Track UK, please. And please do give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We do love to hear your positive feedback. Thank you very much. Dan, Track by Track is back again. It's always back again. It's like Freddy Krueger refuses to die. Uh, What's coming up next? Next week we're in May and we are once again talking about an iconic collection, uh, Turning 20. This is from a three-piece girl pop R&B group. And just last week, Will, I hinted that we might be talking about uh, the same name. Very exciting. Very, really looking forward to that. But also, Dan, whenever you say three piece, I always think about KFC chicken. Why do you think about a sofa? <laughs> different minds for different people. And yet we get on so well. Well, well on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that note, uh, until next time. I've been Shepherd Solomon. And I've been Simon Shepherd. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peak practice. Because otherwise, why would why would we be here? Or why would we be? Uh, <laughs> you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs>